Hey, this is Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, the host of The Game of Life, where everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you. Welcome to The Game of Life. I'm Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Miami, and I'm pleased to have with me today uh, a, a friend, family, uh, not only personally, but within the Big Brothers Big Sisters realm, alumni little brother and two-time Super Bowl champion, uh, Darren Smith. What's going on, brother? Oh, Gail, man, uh, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, just excited to be here with you, brother. Always glad to sit down and, and chop it up and talk with you, my man. Oh, it's just, it tell you, I tell you what, we, time won't permit us to do, to go over everything, but Darren, it's always a pleasure, uh, regular on the show, uh, and here we are, Darren, on day two of the NFL draft, uh, and let's go back in time a little bit to when you were drafted. What year was that, and just kind of walk through uh, that experience, Darren, of being drafted to the National Football League. Well, <clears throat> I was drafted in 1993. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I always get excited about the draft, even though I'm, long, I'm a long way away from it. But I get excited because I think about the, the changes in the lives these young men are about to have. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy uh, watching the draft, not just to see where guys go, but, you know, you see the families around them and you see the, the, the celebration and you see the, the happiness. And, you know, the, the reality is these young men's life are about to change forever. You know, I know it happened to me. You know, I was here in Miami during the draft. Uh, I was at my mom's house um, you know, here locally in Miami Gardens. And um, I remember I was just being so excited because leading up to the draft, I talked to a few teams uh, who made me think they were going to draft me. One of the teams that I didn't talk to very much was the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, <clears throat> and so I, I thought I was going to go somewhere else. Uh, you know, all these uh, uh, experts had all these projections of where I might go and you know, I pretty much thought I would either be a, a Pittsburgh Steelers or a Minnesota Viking. Uh, and, uh, but on draft morning, and I, and I don't know if they still do this, but I think probably then Jimmy Johnson pushed the, uh, pushed the envelope a little bit. He called me that morning and, and said, hey, I have a guy in town. He's one, of his, he's one of our scouts. Is it okay if he comes by? And I'm like, that, that seemed kind of weird, you know, having – a guy from the Cowboys organization, you know, so he came in, sat in my living room and, and, and was just like, hey, let me know if anybody calls. I'm like, okay, I wasn't really sure how to, how to react and respond to it. And so you know, from time to time, I went into the, the draft started and I'm in the, uh, in, the, in the family room with the family. We're looking at it. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't go in the first round. So it was a long, it felt like it, it felt like it was a long way, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It felt like it was forever, but. Uh, and because when Dallas Dallas had a pick that came up in the first round and they decided to trade out of it and they got two picks in the second round, which I became one of those picks. And so it was me and Kevin Williams, who's also from the University of Miami. Right, wide receiver. Correct. So we were those two guys who went in those spots. Um, but it was funny, Gail, because I was waiting so long. I didn't go to sleep the night before because I'm just like, oh, man, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. You really just don't know. You're going to be in one place one day, and then the, right afterwards, you, you're going somewhere else. And so I didn't sleep well, so I was tired. And I fell asleep during the draft. And my brother came to, bringing a phone to me. Darren, wake up, wake up. Uh, uh, coach on the phone. He said, it's Coach Johnson. 
And uh, I didn't believe him. You know, I thought he was playing with me. I thought he was like <laughs> trying, to, trying to prank me. So I got on the phone and I'm like, hello. Hey, hey Darren, this Coach Johnson. I'm, you know, I perked up real quick. Hey, Coach, how you doing? So he said, hey, man, we're going to take you with the next pick. And, um, you know, just a, you know, welcome to being a cowboy. Uh, you know, put uh, the owner, uh, Mr. Jerry Jones, on the line and Mr. Stephen Jones. So it was just like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, my uncle, who's probably the biggest Cowboy fan, he was so excited. You know, he was just so happy that I went to Dallas because he was that's I mean, he has a, a blue and a blue and silver room in his house just for Cowboy <laughs> memorabilia. So but, fanatic uh, is the appropriate term. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it just it was just amazing. Uh, uh, just to be able to spend that time with my family, everybody was so excited and just uh, uh, wondering, like, wow, now, now what's going to happen? You know, how's it going to be? And, uh, and so, and so when I when I look at the draft, man, and I see those families jumping all over those yes. guys, it's, it's just a special time. Uh, I mean, it's a special moment in in their life, and I just get excited all over again for them. So, Darren, so so you didn't have that couch moment. You were your head was on a pillow. Absolutely. <laughs> it, so, the draft is a little bit different now. They play it up real nice now. Yeah, that's know? true. That's true. So it's, social media and all that other stuff. I mean, this was prior to all this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, didn't have, I didn't have a camera. I mean, we, you know, we didn't have all the cameras like a lot of the guys have now right in your, right in your living room. So, that's true. yeah, but, you know, it's still, hey, for, for me, it was it's, it's like reliving it again when I see how how these guys go through it now. And so. Uh, it, it's just, man, it's amazing. It's an amazing time in any any uh, young person's life because of the the work and the commitment, uh, the sacrifice that you put into it to get to that point, you know. And so you see it finally paying off. And and you know the beautiful thing about the draft, um, you know, I, I went in the second round, but a guy like Jesse Armstead went in the and, and at that time they had eight eight rounds. Wow. He went in the eighth round to the to the to the New York Giants, but. You know, he turned out to be all pro, pro bowler, all those things. Right. And so you never know, you know, where a guy might, uh, the success a, a, a guy might have regardless of where he's taken in the draft. And that's one of the great things about life and one of the great things about sports because it, it really is one of those things where, it, you know, you can get knocked down. You might not be starting where you want to start and you might not be where you want to be. But if you give you, if you're given that opportunity, man, you can blossom. And so it's just, it's just great. So, you know, you, the whole draft is going to be a great thing for a lot of those guys. What I love about it, and you do, I mean, that's what's great about talking to you, Darren. We're here at the Game of Life where everybody makes a team. But how you play is up to you with two-time Super Bowl champion Darren Smith reliving his draft uh, moment, if you will. Although, he, although waking up and having Jimmy Johnson on the phone, that's not a bad way to wake up. And I'm sure Jimmy has a way of waking folks up as well. Uh, and but to your point, Darren. <laughs> It's not so much where you start, it's how you finish, uh, as you just said. And so there's some future Hall of Famers uh, that were not, were not drafted in the first round of the National Football League. So your point is definitely well taken. So last night, first round, uh, what stuck out to you? Uh, of course, the couch moments and seeing these kids, literally, these young men uh, celebrate with their families, with their loved ones. Uh, but what stuck out in terms of just uh, uh, the talent I mean, so much talent. We know that. But yeah. what stuck out in your mind last night, Darren? Well, I was saying to myself, as much as I hate to admit it, man, that during the SEC is pretty strong, man. They had like 15 guys drafted in the first round. 15 from the SEC. That's got to be a record, I'm sure. Is, I'm sure. That is a record. And, uh, and, you know, it's just right now, 
uh, a lot of the talent all over the country is 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 gravitating toward the SEC. And you know, I look forward to that time when the ACC is is just as competitive. We're not quite there. You know, we got a couple teams in our conference that I think will compete, but from the head from head to toe, I don't you know, I don't think we're we're there at the SEC. And you know, you look at the coaching staffs that those programs have and uh, you know, but you know, I look at a guy like uh, you know the coach at LSU. He started at Miami. You know, that's right. He was he was he was our grad assistant. Really, know, when I was at Miami, yep. Ed Ogeron was holding up the cards just like a like a young pup. You know, so he was just getting his getting his uh getting his uh feet up under him at the University of Miami. So I would like to, you know, like to think that that has some part to play in you know the success that he has now. And it's and it's always good to see. You know, those guys, uh, uh, you know, Tommy Tupperville went through the, the SEC. He was at Auburn and, and Ole Miss. And so, you know, you know, we've, we've had some coaches who were able to go out and be successful in the SEC. But, yeah, the thing that stood out was definitely the, the talent level right now that some conferences have. And, you know, uh, and so, you know, as a, as a hurricane guy, man, I'm, I'm hoping we can, uh, you know, one of the things I saw was we had a guy like Jerry Judy, who's a local yes. guy here. Local guy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm looking at the local guys that uh, um, the young man who went to the University of Florida, cornerback. Yeah, Henderson. Henderson, he's right from down here, and so Henderson down here. And and Henderson was actually a guy who committed to Miami initially and, and changed over to Florida. And I was, and I'm always saying to myself, man, what would have happened if we could have had, you know, we'd have kept him home. No and you look, if you look through the draft in the last few years, and you think, man, what if we could have kept? Some of those guys home, man. What kind so, of Darren, there's no shortage of talent in South Florida. I mean, as I'm looking at all these guys on couches, I'm saying Miami, Florida, Miami, Florida, right. Miami, Florida. With I mean, these huge. Year, uh, every year you look at the, the bushes, uh, you know, who's, you know, right here at Pembroke Pines. And I mean, it's just year after year uh, of players from South Florida who, you know, it's just like you say to yourself, man, if you can make it down here in South Florida, you can make it anywhere. Because you can it, make it anywhere. It is deep down here. It is deep. And so that's that's a far cry from back in the day. Hopefully we can get back to that. But back in the day, I mean, you talk about, I mean, who didn't want to come out, come out of that smoke uh, for the <laughs> University of Miami. I mean, so again, so for all the high school talent out there, if you will, and we're not recruiting, let me be clear. This is a mentoring <laughs> podcast. I'm asking the question. I'm not a coach. I'm not a recruiter. But, but Darren, just, just so these kids who you know, have all these dreams and aspirations and little brothers, because keep in mind, as we think about, you know, the draft and uh, right here in Miami, you know, of course, with the Miami Dolphins and uh, Tua that was taken first uh, first round, uh, first round draft pick. Uh, we got an alumni little brother that you met, uh, Joshua Job. Shout out to Joshua Job. Uh, he'll get a copy of this. You met him at the gala, uh, and he was Tua's teammate last year. So we're in, the, we're in the business of producing champions. I'm talking to a two-time, well, not only just with the NFL, but how many national championships did you win, speaking of college ball? Uh uh, actually, I just happen to have them, happen to have them right here in my. You brought some bling. So, so we won two, two national championships. This goes out to Josh. I know you're gonna see this, Josh, and I know you probably got a good chance to win one yourself at Alabama. But it would have been another local kid that would have been great to have right here from, you know, Miami, Columbus. I, I mean, let me stop recruiting, yeah. Let me stop. Recruiting. <laughs> so now put put those on, put those rings up on the screen, so so, so we, we can see that. Put those rings up. See that's. That's what – bring it back a little bit. Bring, there you go, right there. See, yeah. that's what success looks like. And so now the one with the number one on it, what year was that? That was 1989. This was the very first one that I was a part of, and this was my uh, registered freshman year. Okay. Uh, and so, um, that, was, uh, that was at the Sugar Bowl, and uh, we beat Alabama. How about that? 
Yeah, yeah. Right. Alabama. <laughs> and who's your quarterback? Who's your quarterback that year? Craig, uh, Craig Erickson was a quarterback that year. Erickson was a quarterback. What about that second ring? Uh, this second one was uh, – this was uh, like not the 91 season. And uh, we beat Nebraska right here in the Orange Bowl. We shut them out. And, and that year, it was no doubt about it. You know, we, we, we were the best team that, that year. And uh, that was Gino Toretta, who, who was our quarterback that time. And you know, he won the Heisman that year. So we were, we were, we were you know, we were thick that year. We went into the next season undefeated as well. Unfortunately, we lost that last game against uh, Alabama in the Sugar Bowl again. So they kind of oh, got okay. Yeah. So you go from there. So from a national championship, 91. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, here you are drafted you know, second round uh, by the Dallas Cowboys. You go to the NFL. So talk about from a mentoring standpoint. Uh, here you are a rookie uh, in 19, you know, drafted in 1992, right? 93. 93, my fault, 93. Uh, and so once you yeah, get... Yeah, like 92, 93 season, you're right. right. That's right, 92, 93 season. Mm -hmm. And so who mentored you on the team? Because that, that 93 Cowboys team... Uh, you had did, is was there any bling associated with that season at all? They had just won the Super Bowl the year before I got there, so they felt you know that team felt pretty good about themselves, and so you know I think looking at me, they were kind of just looking at me as you know maybe some depth, not necessarily needed to come in and make this team great. They just won the Super Bowl. They beat Buffalo yeah. in California. I think it was fifty something. Uh, it, it was a it was a blowout. Uh, and so, and so I got to go back to the local talent here. There was a, a young guy named Godfrey Miles. He was a local yeah. at Carroll City High School, went to the University of Florida. And the previous year, he was drafted to the Dallas Cowboys as well. And so uh, the interesting thing is me and Godfrey grew up in Miami Gardens. So we knew each other before, you know, uh, you know during college. We, we played against each other in high school. And so, that, again, that goes back to the local talent. And so when – uh, when I got there, man, that was my guy. You know, he took me in, man. He, you know, took care of me. And because the interesting thing, Gail, is when you get drafted, you go to this city, and you're expected to be a grown up now. Hey, you got to go find some place to live. You got to go put these lights in your name. You got to go put the water in your name. This stuff I had never done before. You know, I'm I'm college student. I'm I'm still used to you know dormitory living, the calf living, and. And all of a sudden, you go from a boy to a man, and you're in the real world. You got to pay pay bills and get all this thing, all these things done. And so, you know, Godfrey was the one that kind of helped me out. So he definitely mentored me since he went through the experience the year before. And even even on the field, you know, I, I learned a lot as far as how to watch film, how to study, how to prepare, how to train, how to work out. You know, we have coaches that do that, but it's always good when you have another player. Who's, who's there with you, who you can trust, right. who you know. And so, so Godfrey was definitely my guy. That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. Uh, and then when you think about uh, stepping on that field, having your teammates, your peers, your mentors uh, helping you out uh, as well. And something you mentioned in our last podcast about just the work ethic. And this is a message oh. to our littles, uh, just the work ethic. Because, you, again, you have top talent. You, you're, you're drafted onto a Super Bowl-winning team, but work ethic. So who were some of the hardest workers on that team, if you will? Because you had some A-listers. You got the people that go down in history, uh, NFL legends, if you will. But uh, I think there's a message to our littles, Darren, as you know, in terms of just putting the work in. Uh, nobody gave you that. You worked hard, uh, and you were at the University of Miami, drafted onto a Super Bowl team. Uh, but who were some of the hardest workers on the squad? You know, I mean, the first person that, that, that 
probably anybody on that team would say is Michael Irvin. You know, this guy is just, you know, he puts the work in, he stays late, he does the extra things that, uh, you know, you see a big personality on TV, but, but little do you know how hard he puts the work in off, you know, on the field as well. And so, and I think that's why he does such a good job as far as commentating and the colorful way yes. that he is. Him and, him and Troy, you know, those two guys, man, those guys were, were, were hard workers and perfectionists and they wanted it just right. And just watching those guys, Troy, and, Troy Aikman, uh, Emmett Smith, uh, Michael Irvin, yes. uh, John Sanders, uh, Kenny Norton, uh, uh, Charles Haley. And, I mean, these guys, you're talking about Hall of Russell, Maryland. I mean, I was just absolutely blessed to come to a team like this. You know, I was used to coaches kind of coaching guys. I was not as used to players being very vocal with other players. You know what I mean? Get you, uh, you right before the coach got you right. Troy Aikman will go off on receivers if they're not running that right that route correctly. Um, I mean, it, Michael Irvin and, you know, really getting into guy. I mean, it was – I was like, wow, you know. They weren't worried about being guys' friends. They wanted to win. Now, love off, the field, off the field, hey, man, hey, we love you, hug you, great, hey, we friends. Let's go eat, go hang out. But on that field, I learned you better get it right. <laughs> I love that, Darren, because that's a championship mentality. Absolutely. Uh, but these, everybody you mentioned is either in the Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. or future Hall of Famer, Darren, Absolutely. and those were your teammates. Absolutely. Absolutely. You talk about guys holding guys accountable. It wasn't, it wasn't the coaches. It was the guys. And that, and that was why we won. And, you know, as I went on and continued to play in the, in, the, in the NFL, we didn't have as many on other teams that I played on. And we never – I never went to another Super Bowl after I left that team. It's different, isn't it? I saw the difference. When I saw that our best players were our hardest workers, that made the team, you know, as great as we were. Because remember, they won it in 92 with Jimmy Johnson. I was a part of the 93 team. We won it Jimmy Johnson. A Barry Switzer came in 95, yet we still won it again because the team was player-led, not necessarily coach-led. <laughs> what a message. Uh, and, again, uh, as you coach in youth sports, as I coach in, in youth sports, uh, when you can have a team that is that locked in, a team that believes in holding each other accountable as opposed yeah. to look at me. And there's a different generation coming up now, Darren, where you score a touchdown. Right. It's, all about, it's all about me. But put in the work. Uh, and hold your teammates accountable, and who cares what everybody else thinks? This this is a we thing. That's a powerful message in terms of championship mentality for our littles as well. Amen. And, and you know what that gets you, Gil? They get you a couple of these. Oh, wait a minute now. Wait. So this is like show tail day. So we hold that up again now. So we're talking about uh, Super this Bowl. This is the 90, 93 Super Bowl ring, and this is the 95. This was against Buffalo in 93. This was the back-to-back -back ring. Uh, we beat them in, uh, out in um, – Atlanta, and then this was the 95 ring we beat the Steelers out in uh, Arizona. And this is this what happens, man. This was – this is – it was definitely worth it, you know, the work that we put in. And, and you know, the interesting thing, Gail, I come in as a, as a young buck, and I'm seeing how those guys work, and it causes me to say, wow, I got a standard to live up to. I can't be the one that slack off. Yes, you know? sir. So, so, yeah, that's, that was a great thing about being on a team like that. And Darren, I tell you what, and we just, here we are on the podcast with two-time Super Bowl champion, uh, two-time national champion, Darren Smith, alumni little brother, talking about a mentality. Uh, and Darren, as we all uh, are on the same team, regardless of race, 
regardless of socioeconomic status, all of us are dealing with COVID-19. Uh, and so when you think about the, a global pandemic uh, that you know, obviously uh, none of us have experienced before, if you will, uh, yeah. some of those same, that same mentality of accountability and social distancing and all of that. So talk to us a little bit from a, a, just a mentality standpoint on how you're staying safe and what you, your message is for everybody out here today. Well, personally, uh, you know, for me, um, I have to stay, I have to stay extremely safe because in the past I've, 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 I've dealt with cancer and I've had treatments that have knocked my immune system and caused it to be very low. And so I'm extra careful, you yeah. know, I'm extra careful as far as really not going anywhere. If, if, if I have to go somewhere, it's like a double mask and all those type of things. And so I just want to encourage everybody to continue to stay safe. Don't, don't take it lightly. Yeah. Uh, don't take it for granted. You know, I just want everybody to be healthy. And so, you know, for, for me and my family, we just been, you know, just focusing on doing the right things, washing our hands and, and staying safe. And so, and, you know, one of the benefits that I've seen in this situation is really allowed us to have more family time to, to grow closer, to um, have opportunity for conversations uh, about what we're going through and how does it make them feel and how, you know, how we should respond and uh, how, how can we look at it? And, and another big thing is how can we help others? That's you right. Know, encourage others. It's not just about us. You know, it's an opportunity. And really I've had a, you know, in this situation, there's a lot of people who I haven't talked to in a while who I've been able to reach out to or who reached out to me. And so it has, um, in some situations, strengthened some relationships that some bonds that hadn't, that hadn't been strong in a while. Uh, it also gave me an opportunity to help somebody uh, that, that I haven't, you know, that, that may need some help. Uh, it also gave me opportunity to, to be humble and receive some help. You know, people have been generous uh, toward us as well. And so it is really, uh, the perspective is really what's important while we're going through the situation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So no, that, that's excellent. Uh, and it's interesting picking up new hobbies uh, and spending that family time. Uh, you're a former uh, tight end, uh, safety, and uh, de defensive end, uh, Brandon Joshua Nelson. He's in the kitchen right now baking some beignets. Uh, so boy, <laughs> flour. So he's done some shrimp scampi beignets. Oh, so uh, again, so I guess the mentality with Brandon is like, well, if I don't cook it, uh, <laughs> no, he'll eat. Uh, but he's picked up. A, he's quite the chef, Darren. Hey, you know, actually, man, I've been. I've been on that grill a whole lot more. You know, we've been, we've been, we've been grilling it up like two, three days a week. It used to be like once every couple of weeks, maybe I, right. I get on the grill. But I mean, now it's just, I mean, we grilling everything and it's, uh, I'm getting good. I'm getting good. <laughs> so we can hone our skills. When we get, That's we right. Practice, that right. practice makes it. Uh, so let me just ask you this, Darren. Uh, here we are. Uh, and as a brand, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, we, uh, we keep our kids, we're keeping our kids connected, keeping our littles connected. We call it keep kids connected. Uh, and through that, uh, we're still making matches virtually, meeting just like this, still mm -hmm. doing our background checks, everything else. And one of the things uh, that we've talked about, uh, and I'm happy to share with the audience today, uh, that with Project 59, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Project 59, why you started it, uh, then we'll have some exciting news to share about what we want to do. Despite socially distant, we can still do some creative things promoting literacy with our littles. So go ahead, tell us about Project 59. Well, well Pro Project 59 is a non-for-profit foundation 
that was created strictly to promote literacy in our young people. Uh, back in uh, back when I was playing with the Seattle Seahawks, I, I, I visited a school. I was reading a book to them and just spending some time with them. I loved it. And, you know, one of the things that I realized, like, I, I don't know what's going on with those kids anymore. You know, I, I've had a chance to spend a little bit of time with them, but then <clears throat> I've moved on. And so wanted to create a way to uh, have something that, you know, can be ongoing and, and actually you know, we could know how kids are doing. And so that's how Project 59 got started, really, to just encourage kids to read, but also encourage parents to read with their kids and, you know, really promote the, the importance of that. And that's been going on since 1998. So we, we like 20, 22 years into this. And, uh, and as each team that I played for, I, I, was, I was blessed to play for four teams. Um, you know, in Dallas, we were able to, to, to have a program there. In uh, New Orleans, I was able to have a program there. Uh, in, in Seattle, we were able to have a program. And as it continued to flourish, uh, other cities got involved. Uh, we went, we've been in Atlanta, Columbus, Georgia. And you know for sure down here in, in the sunny South Florida with Big Brother. There you Houston. go. I was waiting on it, brother. I was waiting for you to get to you Miami. Know. You went all the way around the country. I had to, I had to let that one be special so, because <laughs> it, was, uh, it was after I retired, coming back down to South Florida, that we were able to link. And, you know, we did our first Super Bowl event together uh, over 10 years ago. Right. And uh, from then on, it's been a relationship that has been, you know, outstanding and continuing to grow. And uh, and I'm still, you know, pushing, you know, Project 59 to me is just like that team that I had at Dallas. It's all about everybody pushing each other to be our best. Um, you know, if we're not all successful, none of us are successful. So it's all about being accountable, you know, yes. like, uh, and, 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 and using the, the blessings that, we've received to make sure that other kids have that same opportunity. You know, as I mentioned, it's great to see these guys go through the draft, but you, you're talking maybe only 300 guys at the most, 200 something guys at the most. What about the rest of those guys that don't get drafted and, and uh, they have, they're going to have to use their education. And, and the reality is, Gail, even if you get drafted, the average NFL career is three years. So if you, want, if you go to the NFL and you're 22 years old, you're retired by 25, you know? And so, you know, for me, I was blessed to to play 12 years, uh, but life still goes on after that, and you still have to have your education. And uh, I had the opportunity to go, and I know we might talk about Norton a little bit later. Uh, later. Before, before the shutdown, I had the opportunity to go and speak to, uh, to the football team at Miami Norland Senior High, and one of the things that I just stressed to them is the importance of their education. Scouts were coming to South Florida, especially a hotbed like South Florida. If you don't have the grades, you know, they're not even going to waste their time watching the film because there's a thousand players like you here in South Florida. Yes, and sir. So you have to make yourself different. Number one, you have to start out with those grades. They have to say, okay, this is a guy I don't have to worry about. I don't have to worry about having to get him in. Is he going to make it? Uh, if I recruit him and spend all my time watching him at the end of the day, is he going to get in into our schools? And so that's why, you know, even if you're that type of guy who can get drafted, we got to focus on that education. And that's kind of, where I came in and really wanting to push young people to be the best in everything that they could be, whether it's athletics or whether it's in the, in the, in the classroom. Well, I'll tell you what, Darren, it's interesting. Let's do the little scouting talk. It's the intangibles that prevent a lot of these players. So it's not so much the talent. It's not your, it's not your 40. It's not your vert, if you will. It's yeah. not that, you know, you, you can catch a ball. I mean, in South Florida, that's just, that's as, as plenteous as the sunshine. 
It's exactly. the intangibles. You see one point, Darren? It's the intangibles. Having your mind locked in, your disposition, being able to interview, uh, your, your focus with Project 59 on literacy, our focus on mentoring. So not only are you a, a great athlete, Darren, but you're a gentleman. Uh, you're respectful. I've met your beautiful mom. I've met your family, met your wife, met your kids. So it's the total package. And so you know as a coach, would you rather have somebody that's willing to work hard that you can help get better? Or do you want the talented kid who already knows he's so good that he doesn't work? Which one are you going? Which one are you suiting up, Darren? Give me that kid that want to work. That's, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the one that want to work. And, and you, know, you know what, Gail, it, it, it makes me think back to, you know, me being involved as a little, you know, me coming into this program. I had a big brother that I think is, you know, I, I've learned a lot from him, Seymour Marksman. You know, Seymour was kind of that coach. He, you know, he want to work you. No you know? doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> Big Brother Seymour. Shout out to Big Brother Seymour. Yeah. He, he want to work you, man. And, 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 I, and I'm thankful that I have a mom that taught me to be respectful and to respect and to listen. And because the more I listen, the more I realize, wow, this guy is, is uh, he really cares. And what he's telling me, the things he's telling me is because he wants the best for me and he cares for me. Same with my mom. You know, the same with my family. And that's why I like to give back to these young people because the things that was passed on to me, I'm just trying to give it back to them, you know. So that's why I always, you know, Big Brother, Big Sister would always be a, a special uh, part of my, my life because my life literally was changed through this program, through the connection that I have with Seymour. And I tell you what, uh, Darren, and thank you for uh, mentioning Seymour because that mentoring uh, that he provided and still provides to you Yes. <clears throat> and what we're doing with the current littles. Uh, and I just can't help but notice, speaking of current littles, uh, over your right shoulder, there's a golden football. Yeah. And it just, it just, it's talking to me, Darren. Uh, and tell us about that, that golden football with that 50 on it. What, what do we have there, brother? This is show and tell with two-time Super Bowl champion, Darren Smith, walking through his draft journey and also his journey as a little brother. Talk to us. Yeah, this 50, they, uh, the NFL had its 50th anniversary some years ago. And what they decided to do is everybody who participated in a Super Bowl received a gold 50th anniversary for Super Bowl 50, received a, a golden football. And, you know, the beautiful thing about it is it's really nice. They have your name on it and all that stuff. They even have your high school, Miami, New Orleans, Senior High. Miami, New Orleans. Miami Gardens, yeah. And so, uh, so I got a, a ball personally, but then they also shipped one of these balls to my high school. They shipped it to New Orleans. And we connected with New Orleans, so I was able to go to New Orleans and kind of have like a short program where I presented uh, Coach Daryl Heidelberg and the, uh, and the football team their Golden Football. So it was just it was just a great moment, and you know I really appreciate the NFL for you know reaching back and and, and uh, allowing us to uh, you know go back and impact our schools and, and acknowledging where it all started. You know exactly. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> now what I love about that, Darren, and a shout out to the Miami New Orleans Vikings. Uh, Darren, we have hundreds of littles at Miami New Orleans uh, right now. So a certain, uh, definitely a shout out to Miami New Orleans. Uh, and with that, I love what the NFL did and its current Inspire Change program, really focusing on uh, communities, uh, primarily inner city communities, helping these kids, where a lot of these kids are growing up, uh, dealing with challenges, Darren. Uh, none of us are exempt from challenges, but making that investment early. And that's the message, you know, mentoring. So Darren, I look forward to and I want to let everybody know, we're going to work on this literacy campaign starting in May. We're going to do it through the digital medium as everybody's, you know, socially distant and being safe 
washing their hands, as you talked about. That's a good coaching there. And we want to make sure that everybody stays connected. So is it as simple as uh, just gets for the folks who are viewing with us today? You encourage everybody, every one of the littles to uh, read a book or what's, what's, our, what's the kind of the measurement of success, if you will? Well, we, uh, we still want to be able to have the digital where they can go on digital yes. and somehow still have something tangible. Uh, yes. You know, somehow, uh, you know, either, either through creating, creating a live, some, my library or something like that, where, because, you know, one of the things that we want to give the young people is ownership as well. Yes. So, uh, uh, and, but also accountability. Uh, and even when we first started out with Project 59, um, one of the things that we wanted to have a digital presence and we were able to create program um, on the computer, which okay. would allow, uh, uh, you know, some of our kids to, uh, to, to work that way. But as we found out, as we went through this uh, shutdown and our schools had to be shut down, that there were a lot of people didn't have computers. There right. were a lot of young people didn't, who, who, who uh, didn't have the exposure to, to, uh, to the computers. And so that's one good thing in this digital age, it has allowed more people to, to be exposed to computers. And so we want to be able to continue to push that because so, really that's the future. You know, yes. you know the, 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 the virtual, virtual, I mean, I can't tell you how many virtual meetings I've had in the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear you, brother. I'm, 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 I'm zooming out, you know what I mean? No so, doubt, no doubt. Yeah, before, so. <laughs> we, before, we, before we zoom out, Darren, I just want to thank you uh, for the partnership. Uh, we will keep this thing rolling. Uh, the championships we're building through That's mentoring, right. through coaching, through accountability. And right. the championship are these kids succeeding in life and taking care of their families and doing what they need to do uh, as you are, uh, because you're truly an inspiration to us, uh, Darren. So I'm going to let you get the last word over here on the Game of Life, two-time Super Bowl champion Darren Smith uh, going through his draft journey. But Darren, close us out, brother, with whatever message you have for all the littles out there, for everybody that's listening to us today. Hey, well, Gail, what we want to do, man, we want to continue to have a draft, just like the NFL is having a draft. Big brother, big sister, Project 59, we're going to have a draft. And, and we want to, imp, you know, be able to have our young people uh, be impacted. Just like I said, these guys' life are going to change. We want lives to change for the better uh, through, through, through literacy, through uh, grades, through education, uh, uh, through computer literacy, you know, understanding all those things. We want our lives to change so that they won't have a short NFL lifespan, but they'll have a long career span and they'll be able to reach back and help other people and keep this thing going. So we want this to be generation going on and on forever. So we are recruiting the next generation of bigs. You heard it uh, live from Darren Smith. <laughs> no, here we go. So it's and, and on this team as mentors and bigs, uh, bbbsmiami.org. Sign up, become a big. We'll get you involved with this partnership, Project 59, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. The draft continues. Uh, and Darren, I'm going to peek at it again tonight. It's like a national football holiday with the Michael Jordan's last dance and now the draft. It's been a good sports week uh, for our sports yeah. fans out here. Absolutely. And I've been hungry for something. I've been we need hungry. something, brother. I've been watching old stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Darren, let me say this. To me, ask you one last question. Uh, as you were growing up and playing football, you talked about those who mentored you once you got into the league. Uh, but uh, growing up, who was that football player I don't think I've ever asked you this. Uh, I've asked other athletes and other champions in NBA and NFL, uh, but who was that uh, NFL player? Maybe it was, I'm assuming it was an NFL player. Who was that, that athlete? Let me make it more general. That you said, uh-huh, that's who I want to be like. Who was that? 
There's no doubt about it. LT was my man. I wanted to be Lawrence Taylor, man. It was that was the guy I looked up to. And I'm gonna tell you, um, Gail, it, it was a dream come true that he played so long because my rookie year was his final year. Wow. So I was on the field just looking at him like, man, that's LT. So I'm like starstruck. I'm in the league too, but I'm just starstruck. And I'm looking at LT like, wow, I can't believe I'm on the same field with this guy. So you know, I was I was always a big fan of his, just the way he played, just relentless and uh, you know, nonstop and you know, just that that was that's who I wanted to be. I wanted to wear fifty six. Unfortunately, I never did wear it, but but uh yeah, he the one that motivated me to 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 be a linebacker. Now he came off that edge pretty quick, uh pretty quickly, uh Darren. He wasn't Good. playing and you couldn't stop him. Couldn't stop him. Game changer. <laughs> Game changer. With Darren, brother, you know how I feel about you, man. I appreciate you, all that you do. All the best to you and your family. Uh, and let's stay safe, brother. Uh, and God bless you. We're going to make this – we'll keep this thing rolling, Darren. Thanks, Gail. I appreciate you as well, man. Love you, my brother. All right. Love you too, brother. Take it easy. I will. All right.